And just at that moment where you're starting to doze off into sleep, you look, you know, right next to you and there's a guy drawing in a big canvas in real time. And then you wake up and you pay attention because this is awesome. It's happening in front of you. Somebody's drawing the ideas there. So that's essentially what I do. I just help people pay attention. <laughs> like... <laughs> Welcome to the More Life Podcast, where creatives, problem solvers, and entrepreneurs talk about squeezing more out and finding meaning in this crazy thing we call life. Let's dive in. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the More Life Podcast. This week, we have a special guest with us. We have uh, Alejo Porras. Uh, Alejo, please say hi to everybody. Uh, we're really excited to have you here with us. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me here, Bart. It's awesome. Yeah. Th thank you for bearing with me. Um, probably not doing the best job with your, your name. Uh, I can't roll my R's today. I have a sore throat, but maybe tomorrow I can give it another go. <laughs> Alejo, please let us know what is it that you uh, do? I saw a lot of your work. We were really inspired. Our team that does research, finding different artists and creatives to feature. And um, you, you do something called uh, uh, graphic recording. And I'd love for you to talk about that. And, and what does that actually mean? Yeah, thank you. That's correct. I do graphic recording. It has many names, graphic recording, sketch notes, visual notes, scribing, all of those things essentially mean somebody who is drawing notes, like taking notes and drawing things about those notes in real time. For people who are not familiar with it, graphic recording is usually you go to a conference and you're yawning because the speaker has 7,000 PowerPoints that are full of text. And just at that moment where you're starting to doze off into sleep, you look, you know, right next to you and there's a guy drawing in a big canvas in real time. And then you wake up and you pay attention because this is awesome. It's happening in front of you. Somebody's drawing the ideas there. So that's essentially what I do. I just help people pay attention. <laughs> like <laughs> I just help people figure out ways to connect the ideas and make them more memorable. Yeah. And yeah, I, I was at a conference last year, similarly in Atlanta in the United States, and it was a big conference for marketers. Um, and I met somebody who did this and she was offering it to everybody as, at the she was hired by the, the conference to offer this to people that they can download the PDFs. And when I saw, I did not understand at all what she was talking about when they when she explained it. And then she showed me after the first session her drawings. I'm like, oh, so the speaker like gives you his notes and then you go and you make like a, a summary. She goes, no, it's live. And I'm like, what yeah. do you mean live? She goes, I'm hearing it <laughs> just as you're hearing it. And I make this drawing that represents the entire synopsis of the teaching. And I... I was like, wait a minute, what are you saying right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's fascinating. The way that I see it is if you've ever been to improv comedy, it's sort of like that. I like to approach it in that way. I'm doing improv, but with drawings. So it's a performance. People like it because it's another human that is doing something different. And then at the same time, it's just the excitement of coming up with ideas on the go is just very stimulating, not only for me doing it, but for people kind of making the connection of like, oh, I would have never thought it that way. Or, oh, yeah, that's a clever way to explain it. So it's definitely something that is very, I don't know, people just enjoying enjoy it a lot. That's really sense. powerful because you are almost like a filter or a lens for a lot of people that they are that you are providing a perspective on how this information can be received, which is really unique. And I feel like, uh, you know, I only heard about this a year ago. I don't know how, how long have people really been doing this? Is this a, 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 you know, a medium that's been around for a long time? Yeah, as, as graphic recording, I'm, I'm not a historian on it. I know that the first person who kind of showed up in the radar and made kind of like a statement of it, and it's now the reference for everybody, was Mike Rohde when he published the Sketchnote idea book. Uh, the the Sketchnote, uh, forgot the exact name. The idea book is just something that came afterwards. Uh, but anyway, he, he put it out there, and people started getting to know this. And 
I think it came out from the world of consulting initially, people helping teams to develop their strategies and all that. And it's just, you know, they will just draw some graphics and people will get it. You know, it will be like, oh, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. This is going in this direction. The market is is interacting in this way and showing things visually helps people digest information faster and more clearly. So at some point, somebody probably, I don't know who, started doing more fancy drawings and started doing you know something on events. And I think it just went from there. I am, I, I like to say that I'm fairly new. I know there's people that have been doing this for 10, 12, maybe 15 years. I started in 2018 doing it professionally. I mean, I've, I've drawn in the back of my, of my notebooks my whole life trying to pay attention, you know, in class. I'm the classical kid <laughs> in the back just like this. And it was actually interesting, kind of like just going on a tangent here, but just so you know a little bit about my history. I, I did that you know, I was drawing all the time. I needed to, I'm a fidgety person. I need to be doing something and long lectures. It's hard for me to handle it or it was harder for me to handle it. So I would draw just to have fun. But because I knew that I was going to be singled out, like teachers at some point will say, hey, you, the one who's drawing, you know, what did we just say? So I will purposely pay more attention because I, I wanted to just, get them to shut up, you know, like, yep. <laughs> get off my back. Like, I, I have actually paid attention more than everybody else. So I think that developed my active listening skills very well. And it was a good practice for me. And then people stopped bothering, you know, not like stop caring about the fact that I was drawing because they knew that I was actually paying more attention and having something to show afterwards, like, recap of the whole conversation right and that's very unique for you know i don't know how old you are but based on your beard that i see you're, you're not 20 years old um yeah. so that means so, so in my mind i'm like that's pretty unique for a school system or a teacher to be that progressive back then because you know i, I grew up in school in you know the early 90s all the way into the early 2000s um and teachers only care about coursework and they want you to learn the same way. And now we have independent learning styles that are more accepted and almost um, encouraged in the education system. But, you know, back in the day, to have a kid drawing in your class, even though he was paying attention, they would say you're being a distraction to others. And then they would put you in the back of the room or they would put you somewhere else, you know. But to have a teacher or multiple teachers who were okay with you drawing because they saw that it was actually helping you is really powerful because it allows you to express yourself and also to keep attention when attention is something that, you know, especially nowadays is just so complicated to get a hold of and to hone it in and to keep it for a long period of time. Attention is something that, you know, uh, if we're getting less accustomed to. And uh, I, I feel like, uh, what, what was that, that statistic they said that they interviewed out of 100 people, what were that just spent an hour on TikTok, they asked them to say five videos that they just saw within the hours and none of them could do more than one. Um, yeah, so there, the retention that comes with attention is very, very low. Um, but yeah, having the ability to be able to draw and 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 to see that all you know come about is actually pretty awesome. Even in your early days as a student, I wanted to ask you. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, please. Because because uh, when you mentioned that they put you at the back of the room and all this, like it it still happens that the the part about like he will be distracting to others. That's one of the concerns clients have. Uh, is it going to actually distract people from what's going on? And the answer is yes, but in a good way. Because if you get a distraction, for example, the kid in the classroom who is just bored to death and he just looks or she just looks out of the window and start wishful thinking about what he's going to do when he travels to Europe or whatever, or what's the next movie that he's going to see. Like he's being distracted with something that is outside of the learning environment. But what I'm doing is I'm I'm helping. It's kind of like 
I'm one of those dog shepherds and taking the sheep back <laughs> to, to the corral. It's like, yeah, you guys are wandering off. Come on back and look at this. This is awesome. And it has to do with the learning that you're getting right now. So I actually help them come back to the experience and reinforce whatever they're learning. And yeah, and it's a lot of fun. But it, it, that was a good point, what you mentioned there. I just wanted to say it because it, it is one of the... Um, the pushback, of the, objections. Yeah, the push, yeah, yeah, yeah. The fears, I will say. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so this is, you know, we're talking uh, now you're into your career, but it wasn't always like this. You didn't just wake up one day, I'm going to start this, you know, this business. Um, so talk to me about your artistic journey, because it's one thing to draw. Uh, and a side note, I don't know why everyone I see who does graphic recording all have the same graphic style. Like, it looks very similar, but we'll get to that eventually. I just want to hear up front, like, what, what is your style innately, naturally, and how did you start artistically uh, crafting and honing in that style? Yeah, I don't want to make this story super long, but I need to start from here. Uh, being born and raised in Costa Rica, the market there is very small. And I always was afraid of becoming a starving artist, you know, quote, like the famous stereotype of like, oh, you're just being a, um, just like living under a bridge and just painting because you love it, but you're, you know, starving. So I didn't want to do that. And I knew that was probably a big limiting belief on my, on my, in my head. And there was also the fact that I knew a lot of artists in Costa Rica and, you know, even my dad, he was a musician and they will, they will struggle, you know, with that. So I, I always loved art and drew since I can remember, but I didn't want to pursue it to the point that I enrolled in biology to oh, go to wow. college. <laughs> That's very and, different. <laughs> yeah, very, very different. But the trend there was artists are very curious and I was very curious. I still am very curious and I, biology and how things work fascinates me. Uh, but I couldn't deal with calculus and chemistry. So I ended up moving to uh, graphic design because it was the closest, excuse me, <coughs> the closest I could get to drawing in a career, in a career that was more, um, in demand, I will say, or more uh, marketable, I guess. Everybody needs a logo, right? That's what I thought at that point. Uh, I enrolled in graphic design and didn't really like it either, but I graduated from it anyway. And when I was uh, working in an ad agency, and this was one of the reasons why I didn't like it, I didn't like the, the vibe and the environment of ad agencies. It, yeah, it's, it's hardcore. And the senior uh, graphic designer there, told me that he saw in my portfolio more of an illustrator. And I was like, what's an illustrator? I, My conception in Costa Rica, there was painting and there was graphic design. And there was not another career that had to do with drawing, except maybe animation, but I wasn't into animation. So I didn't know illustration was a sort of more middle point between uh, something that is more commercial and something that is more artistic. So. That, that just stuck in my head. And then after that, I stumbled a little bit and, and I, wanted, I wanted to do a master's degree, but I knew I had to get out of the country because I needed a change of environment. I needed to make connections. You know, if everything stays the same, nothing changes. So I found out about a university in Savannah. Um, they actually came to a, like art festival in Costa Rica and I met them there. And I was like, oh, this is a university for creative careers. This is awesome. So I applied there to do a master's in illustration. Finally, I was, this is something that I want to do. And in the program, I found out about this technique called Scratchboard, which is very detailed, very involved. It's like small lines. Think about etching and like ink drawing sort of involved in one media. It took me days to create an illustration um, and I wanted to be an editorial illustrator. And I graduated and actually started getting some uh, some traction i got hired by the boston globe and i got hired by another publisher and and i was getting some traction there and i loved it i still love the medium and then i was going on a rabbit hole and find out about graphic recording and the thing at that point was it it kind of i like uh 
I have this metaphor that I use when I'm talking to, to students, which is you have to find your gold and the way that you find it is you have to go out with your metal detector and find out what makes you tit, 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 you know, beep, beep. And there was a beep, beep, beep to me when I saw graphic recording. It was just curiosity, pure curiosity. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, and the thing at that time was multiple. Um, the company, the, this person that was posting these things was working for a company that was in Atlanta. I was living two hours north from Atlanta. And we were already thinking, my wife and I were expecting a baby. We were already thinking about moving closer to downtown to make more connections and uh, be around more creative folks. And this came out like a, a, a particularly good time. And I still hesitated about applying because, you know, in graphic recording, you have a talk that is one hour and in one hour you have to do multiple drawings and have it finished. And I spent days doing an illustration. So I didn't know if I could pull it off, but something in me said, man, you got to try. And I, I think you can make it, you know, have that inside voice that sometimes it's thinks too much of myself and pushes me to do things that I don't think I could be possibly doing. So I started practicing and, and like more purposely because I've always sketched while I listen to talks and stuff like that. But I more purposely through that style, I studied the style and I tried the branding uh, considerations they had and created my portfolio. And I was like, yeah, I think I think I could try it. And I got accepted. And the company is called Sketch Effect. I still work with them. They're fantastic folks. And they trained me since 2018, 19. And I've been doing that professionally since then. I haven't touched the scratch board since then. And yeah, part of me felt bad because I was like, all those years of study, are you wasting them or what? But now that I think about it, it was the foundation for this. You know, I don't feel like it was wasted time because at least with illustration, editorial illustration is a lot about concepts and metaphors and all that translates great to graphic recording. So for me, it was quite a journey of stumbling between careers, but I feel like that's what happens when you're trying to find your gold. You're trying to experiment different things, see what resonates, what sticks with you. And when you find it, that's when you dig in and what's that's what I'm doing right now. Like I found graphic recording, this is my thing and I'm going deep on it. And that's why you see on LinkedIn, on Instagram, that's basically what I'm sharing right now because it's it's all, <laughs> all that I do basically. Yeah. You're a graphic recording evangelist. You're out here sharing, <laughs> sharing the news about this. And I think it's really powerful <laughs> and meaningful for people to understand and appreciate, I guess, the art form. Because, again, it's a big change going from uh, Scratchboard, which is extremely detailed. Uh, you know, you should, if those of you listening, you should go Google that real quick. It's very, like, my daughter's into a lot of art. So I've learned a lot more about uh, drawing and, uh, you know, art artistry that maybe I didn't have when I was younger because she, I don't know where she gets it from. Um, but, but... But all of that thing is that the, the, the art form, the medium is very different than what you're doing now. And you're able to provide a lot of value and you are also using those graphic design skills still. Um, you know, graphic design is, is creative problem solving a lot of times and those principles are still the same. But you, the one thing that you touched on that I think is extremely powerful is, you know, you're listening to yourself and understanding, okay, this is good now, but I'm still open. I'm open to new opportunities and to ideas. And you got to be willing to make those types of changes uh, or at least be open to hearing those them or you'll never get to even know that these opportunities exist. And as a creative, as an artist, you know, we we live and die by ideas and opportunities. Um, so you have to, A, be creative and curious, but B, you have to somehow be in the right place at the right time. And uh, another thing you, re you already mentioned, if you always do what you've always done, you can expect to have the same results that you are currently getting. So if you're looking for a different result, something that is different, or you're looking, you know, this one thing to lead to the next thing, then you have to position yourself in places that are uncomfortable. And that's something that is very powerful in all of entrepreneurship. Uh, if you're looking 
for something, especially creative entrepreneurship, you have to be willing to put yourself out there and say, okay, I'm ready to do what it takes and I'm ready not to be comfortable for a season because I guarantee, you know, you probably were not comfortable when you first tried to do uh, uh, this new style of artistry in a, in a specific time frame, and sometimes it's public, people are watching you do your work, it's pushing you in ways that you probably may not have had practice or have not been normally to be able to do this type of work. And now, you, because you're doing this, it allows you to have a certain level of confidence uh, to speak about your skill set and what the art form is really able to do. I think you you pointed out something very interesting because it is true. Everything that you just said, it is true. There's a there's a slight shift in perspective in the way that I see it. I like to think about not getting out of your comfort zone, but actually expanding it because mastering is essentially getting comfortable with something new. You know, so yeah, there's a stretch in it. It's not a complete jump like I'm just completely gonna jump into doing something completely different without knowing what I'm doing and getting myself in big trouble for that. Is I'm starting to test in things and starting to incorporate knowledge and starting to incorporate practice that is allowing me to confidently expand the area that I can reach. And there's an aspect there that I feel very, very fortunate that I was able to have. And it's the aspect of training and coaching because the way most people start a graphic recording, they read books, they see some stuff online and they kind of study by themselves and they, they just go and do it and they learn hands-on on, on the go, you know, with the experience of being on a client, uh, on a client setting. And the way that I learned was I applied to a company that trained me and it's, it is making click right now because I actually just recently started going uh, to... Um, I'm working with a, um, a personal trainer. Like I'm starting to work out again. And I actually went yesterday and I was, as I was being coach and the person was training me, I was also thinking of the style that this person is using to train so that I could train and coach people better because that's sometimes I do that. And one of the things that I notice is while I was doing something, they were looking at my form and correcting me in real time. And then when I was about to give up because I felt like I couldn't do it anymore, I was reassured because I knew they knew how much I could take because they are pros, right? So I was able to do a little bit more with their enthusiasm, with their encouragement, and with their accountability. And when I, get, when I got into graphic recording, I had you know, people who trained me, who showed me the ropes, and that gave me confidence. So when I went to the real setting, I had already the confidence within me. Yes, there's always butterflies inside. There's always like this nervousness about it, which is also excitement. It's the same feeling for fear and excitement. It's just mentality, what changes it. Uh, but I was more confident because I had had that training. And that's why I'm so passionate about coaching and about teaching because you can learn all you want and you can do it by yourself, but you have somebody that is correcting you, that is helping you, lovingly pushing you, that makes a huge difference. And I I'm very grateful, very blessed that I got that opportunity um, to, to join the graphic recording community under that, um, in, in, in that way, I will say. I love what you just said there. Uh, fear and excitement are the same thing. It's just the mentality um, and how you are willing to perceive it this could either be terrifying or the best opportunity of your life the greatest adventure that you can go on but it's how you choose to uh, leverage your emotions to uh, give you confidence and to give you motivation that's something that's extremely uh, powerful for artist type people because sometimes the easiest thing to do is to do the thing that you've always done. So even now, you know, again, my daughter, she's drawing and she follows specific YouTubers that draw and they show like little lessons on how to illustrate a hand or how to draw a face and those type of skills. But because she's always watching the same types of videos, all of the drawings start to look the same, right? So I'm like, you know, I've seen you do uh, the the tiger face. I've seen you do 
do the bear, the panda, how do you stretch to a different style? How do you, well, that means I'm not going to, it's not going to be as good. Like, yes, I know you're going to, you already have lots of compliments on this style. Everyone's like, oh, wow, you're a little kid and you're drawing so well. But how do you get the new type of accolade where it's like, huh, you're pushing yourself in a different direction to learn something that is more unique. And I like the analogy you gave of the coach. The coach is there to help you. The coach is there to help you train you and he understands your limitations and he knows how hard he can push you to to see the results even grow more than what you could do by yourself. Because if you if you could go to the gym by yourself and know exactly what to do, you would already be doing it. So <laughs> right? So you it's good to have somebody who is there, whether it's a mentor or a coach or whatever it is in, in, in business and in life to help guide you who maybe is a few steps or years ahead of you or who have a different skill set than you who could provide some um, some different perspective to the work that you're doing. You're, you're, the skills that you're talking about, specifically when you mentioned students and coaching, um, you met, you talk, I like you're, you're also educating people. So is there a coaching program that you're doing as well where you are now passing down some knowledge on how to do this? Yes. Uh, so I, I did for a while artist coaching, more focused on people who are professional artists who want to leverage or like navigate, I will say, their business because most creatives are not wired for that. I wasn't. I had to learn on the go and that's what I have to give. And now um, I, I left that to focus completely on graphic recording, but I mentioned that I still work with the sketch effect. And the part that I do at the sketch effect is I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in charge of learning and community. So I, uh, everything that has to do with social media and workshops, I direct those things. So we do workshops in which teach people how to do sketch notes and they're like interactive. It's not like a lecture in which people have to just see me do the thing. It's like, okay, do the thing. And then let's talk about it. You know, what happened here? What are you failing uh, or what is being challenging you to you? Have you tried this thing? Cause when you do it in a way, in a certain way, and you don't have anybody to tell you a different way to do it or like to point out something then you cannot progress. I believe that that progress comes from the direct insight of somebody who is there, actually. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big a big fan of continual learning. I think you are too. You went for a master's program. Um, and I think, you know, if you want to be creative on demand or creative for a job, it is uh, sometimes more complicated than you think. You have to take care of, you know, your mind, your body, your spirit all together because art and creativity is something that comes from inside out. Um, it's something that is is very powerful and it's connected to who you are as a person. So even though you could be hired to do a job, you know, with your artwork, uh, it's still something that is an alignment of who you are and your upbringing and your culture, your your view on life. So it, taking care of all of those aspects of your life is something that still is extremely important and uh, meaningful. How do you stay fresh? How do you stay creative? How do you stay like, you know, that you are still being curious, just like 15 year old Alejo was? Huh. It's very different. 15 year old Alejo had a lot of time on his hands and he will play guitar all day and make songs and then watch movies and then go out and hang out with his friends. That was kind of my life. I would read from time to time. That that helped me a lot. But most of my creativity came from music at that point. So this is this is one of those things like I, I can give what is working for me right now. But I know like whoever is listening or watching, you know, take it with a grain of salt because seasons change, you know, as as a year seasons change, the the person's journey changes and each season requires different things and now i have a family you know I'm, I'm married with a kid and a cat and a hamster and a house and a mortgage and <laughs> you know all those things add up so the way that i get creativity right now it's very different and it's essentially two things 
The first one is spending time with a with my family because I have a toddler, and the things that he comes up with are just you know like you cannot even make the connections if how they came up with that. It just makes you laugh. It makes you see the world from a different perspective, and it's very refreshing. It's also problem solving because you have to figure out how to talk with somebody who's still having trouble regulating emotions because it's new to this thing we call life. So. I get a lot of fresh ideas, I would say, from interacting with my family and speaking with my wife because she's an avid reader. So her favorite, fra- her favorite phrase is, I was reading in an article today and I know there's a good conversation coming up from there. Like that is her brand like slogan, you know, every time. I was reading time. an article so today. I- <laughs> Yeah, it it was it's it's just refreshing. She's always reading stuff that I'm not aware of, and it makes us have good conversations. And the second thing that actually gets me fresh ideas is the consistency that I have of learning. So I listen to podcasts all the time. I read books all the time. And for now, in this season in my life, is very focused in things that have to do with business because. As a dad and being the the primary income, my wife also works, but we're I'm the primary income uh, in our house. I I'm I have this thing that I need to improve the business and provide well for my family. So I want to do it right. I want to do it well. So things are wiring differently for me to learn about systems and processes and marketing and all those things that a 15 year old me could care less about. <laughs> you know, so. Uh, so yeah, that's where I get a lot of, uh, of things. And I will say, actually, I will add a third one, which has to do with the output. So from my family perspective, it's input, like I'm learning from them from, even though I'm giving, I'm learning a lot from them from podcasts and books, I'm learning a lot. And then there's what I do, like the content that I produce, the work that I do for clients. Every time that I'm at a conference in, or at a, you know, a board meeting or something like that. They're talking about stuff that I'm not as familiar with or an industry that I'm not as familiar with, but they're essentially talking about the same. Everybody talks about the same. It's just different names. But the fact that I get to be in rooms where I would have never been otherwise helps me and it stimulates me to create things that are new. And uh, I do that through, you know, the, the work that I do, the graphic recording, the sketch notes that I post consistently on LinkedIn and, and Instagram. And then with my newsletter, because I, I have an email list and I send them an email every week with actually, funnily enough, it's called Fresh Ideas, which is about like creativity tips. And also I show how I'm managing my business and how I'm growing and the failures that I'm getting just to keep accountability and to show people that I don't have it all figured out. I'm also learning. So that is reassuring for people who are trying to start or who are struggling to see that, you know, this guy is also working it out and trying to work it out. So those are, those are the output that I give that when you give actually as a creative, you need to create. Otherwise you cannot create more. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like thinking of it like a cup when you are a creative person, I have to empty this cup so that I can fill it back up again. And yeah. so if I got... Or the all, water gets stale. If the water gets stale, you know what I mean? Yeah. So the water is not going to be good anymore. And if I stay just listening to podcasts, reading, consuming ideas, you know, listening to my wife telling me about an interesting article she read that day, then my cup is completely full. I have no more room to learn. I have no more room to digest any type of learning that I'm taking in. And that's something that can can stop you from reaching additional goals and milestones in your journey. Um, I think people look at, let's say, someone like you, and they see what you've accomplished. I'm putting in quotations, accomplished, and they think you've arrived. They think, oh, Alejo has everything done now. Every, his life is perfect. Now he just sits down, and he cashed the checks, and he and he just plays guitar, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's not the case. There's so much more a life. You're going to be on this planet for a lot more years. So how do you still find meaning and purpose and drive to be able able to push towards those things it's by still even irregardless of the uh art business that you have right now you as a person are 
a curious person by nature. And so you always want to be emptying your cup, finding a different way to produce, to give away whatever you have so that you can start to fill it up with not the same stuff, with new stuff. So that's where, where creatives have to uh, think clearly and objectively as to what is, what is the, uh, the intention of my journey rather than focusing on the destination of my journey. Because the intention of the journey, if it is to live a meaningful life with purpose and happiness, then that will go on forever. But if the intention of the journey, well, I just need to make you know $200,000 in a year and have a Ferrari, well, what happens when you get that and you're still 50? years old you still have 30 more years you know on average to live so you still have to be looking for that self-fulfillment i believe to be able to continue the life that you want to have because life is so much more than material uh, i don't know if you watch basketball at all uh, i'm a big basketball fan there's a basketball player uh, i'm gonna ruin it i think he's from slovakia nikola Jokic. okay big european guy he won the the championship this past year and he won the most valuable player okay so it's a big deal but he does not care and everyone's having a good time online because oh yeah i've seen it you've seen him where he's like i just want to finish and go to my horses back home my family (laughs) is waiting for me and he's treating the nba like it's a like it's a, a regular job like i just do this because it pays me money my real purpose in life is to be with my family back home my mom is there my wife is there my kid is there i have two horses he was even upset when they were gonna do the championship parade he thought he could leave to go home he's like no no next thursday is when the parade is happening in the town of denver and he was like oh my gosh i can't leave and so the reason why i'm bringing all this up is because he's just now come back home uh come back to the united states to start the season and they asked him have you picked up a basketball in the last three months and he goes no of course not i miss my family why like why would i (laughs) he's like you guys think this is my my arrival that i've only made it here and now everything is done he's like this was this is a means to an end this is just something i do that i'm good at but the purpose and the the uh, uh identity that i have is not tied to just my job it's tied into things that are more important, like my happiness, my well-being, my my pets, my family, my my mother, all those type of things. So it's really powerful to think of your career path in that way instead of just, you know, oh, I just get the thing and then it's done. Yeah, that's that's quite interesting because, you know, I, I I am a firm believer that there's multiple ways to do life. You know, so people want to tell you there's just one way and that's how you got to do it. And there are certain things in which there are paths that everybody can to have. Like it's it's very important that people have initiation in the way things have been so that they can branch out and find their own way. You kind of like know the rules and then break them in a way. So first, first of all, I feel like this guy he has he is really good at something but his passion his real real passion is somewhere else and he's able to leverage which luckily he's very good at this other thing that allows him to have time with his family and great for him for some creatives and i I remember this because i had a friend um, back in costa rica who was an amazing bass player he studied music he went through the whole career he also studied computer science at the same time genius guy really good at the bass like he rocked that bass and one day he stopped playing and he sold his bass and he sold all his equipment because he bought he wanted to buy a camera and started doing photograph and he started learning and he just went all in and i was like it broke my heart like i couldn't imagine my life not playing guitar because as a musician i resonate like this is this is what i do you know how can you and he just said um that's not what i do anymore this other thing makes more sense for me this is what i'm gonna do and part of me was like what and the other part of me was uh, felt a lot of respect for that he really knows where he's going and he's so committed I feel like it's no different when you figure out this is the person that I was want to spend the rest of my life with. You know, it's no different than that. 
you figure out what you want and you commit to it. And there's a lot that comes with that commitment that brings you more joy than having all these other options. Now, you commit because you follow that passion. In the case of artists sometimes, you know, and, and for myself, I would love to draw my whole life. I am fortunate enough that I can get to make drawing my career as well. Some people might be, that's their passion, but that's not what they necessarily need to do as a career, you know? So that's when I think that coaching and mentoring comes very helpful because it's not a cookie cutter thing. Like some people would be really good at doing something and they don't want to monetize on that. And that's not the best path for them anyway. So we got to be careful in telling people, hey, you, you should do this or should you do, you know, it's just like you shouldn't do anything. You should just talk with somebody and help, uh, get help so that you can kind of work, work, that's the word, work around your capabilities, your passions and the context of your life to figure out what's the best approach. It's the same again with the fitness coaching that I have is she's not telling me what somebody some other dude should be doing and that should be doing the same it's like this is your goal this is your path this is specifically for you because it's what you need yeah and i think latching on the the thing that you mentioned before i don't remember the exact words but it brought a quote to my head that is don't ask kids what they want to uh what they want to be when they grow up ask them what they want to do because if they say i want to be a doctor and they, for some reason, cannot become a doctor, they feel like a failure. Yeah. But if they want to help people, there's a million ways in which you can do that. Oh, man, this is so good. Yes. So, yeah, I have a, a seven and a nine-year-old right now, soon to be eight and ten in, in about four weeks. Um, and this is a young people are, I think, you know, the doctors have proven they use more of their brain than than we do. They have access to more than we do. Because of the world we live in, it gets limited in people telling you no, people putting con confinements on you. So when you talk to a young person, when they, in their mind, anything is possible. When you ask them questions, you have to be, I think you touched on this already, very intentional on in how you speak to somebody who emotions and thoughts and ideas all mixed together they are they are encumbered there's nothing stopping their creativity their imagination their logic their emotions everything is mixed it's just like ah. <laughs> you said you have a toddler just wait it's coming it's coming even well you have it more but more is coming too so when you talk to a child and you say what do you want to be when you grow up or what job do you want to do they are thinking in the limited understanding of what they know about a job. But when you ask them what do they want to be, now you're opening up the anything. Yeah, what do you want what do you want to do with your life? Oh, you might hear some different uh answers than you might ever have heard from your kid just by changing how you question it. I think w w with creatives young creatives or people who are trying to figure out what they want to do with this passion that they have just like with little kids how you ask them certain questions will get you different results so if you're somebody who is a creative maybe you're 19 20 years old you're thinking should i go to school for this should i try to just freelance should i just get a job you have to think about what exactly do I want for my life and what are the things that provide me peace and happiness? You know, whatever your definition of balance and happiness is. So if you can solve that with your passion, okay, that might be something that you can move towards. But some people, like you mentioned, they want to protect that passion away from employment I don't want to have to think about business and money and stuff. This is what I do to decompress and to center myself with my reality and my world. So I don't want to have to make this a job and I get up and I have to do X, Y, Z or get on a plane to do my graphic recording to this conference. Like some people don't want to do that. And some people see that as a gift. You mean to tell me I can do that and they will give me money? <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think the the other element that you mentioned, you know, the, the passion that you have and the things that you want to do. I think the third element that sometimes is, it's probably the biggest constraint for people after their own limiting beliefs, which is the access of their context that they are involved in. Because I believe that you could, and I, I believe this, this should be true right now, I, I, I'm willing to to change my mind with conversations. The only thing is I've seen that there's a lot of people who are very talented, very passionate, and they unfortunately are in a context that doesn't allow them to thrive. It's like you have the most beautiful plant in this awful soil, so you need to replant it. And some people, unfortunately, that's what happens. That's why I knew that I needed to change environments And I was fortunate enough that I had friends and family that helped me because, you know, education and a master's degree is not cheap, but I didn't get into any depth. And that's something that I know it's a privilege. There's a lot of people that can't have access. So the question is, oh, because I don't have access, then I cannot do it. No, is what can you do with what you have right now? And I heard Alex Ramosi saying uh, recently, like, essentially, you have to like businesses just doing doing something with what you have that is the basics of that and if the only thing that you have is your rage or your sadness use that you know like use it in any way that you can leverage it to produce something that can move you forward maybe you cannot go to an art school because it's too expensive then youtube videos maybe you don't have access to internet then reach out and connect the que- the the question that i think it's important to have in our mind is how can I make it happen? And not like I cannot do it, is how can I make it happen in a smaller scale, in a small step. And after that, I think it's just the patience and the perseverance to continue through that because there's many people that just stop there. I've, I've, I've met a lot of people that are pretty talented and they want, but they don't do. And because they don't do, they don't get. So what you have is just do what you can, what you have and that's enough and then when you get connected the more that you do the more reps that you get the stronger that you get the more confidence that you get the more that you learn and then things start to open i think that when doors don't open sometimes it's because we haven't even get closer to them it's not like they there are no doors flying around you know you wouldn't see doors you have to go to a house and knock on the door you know and sometimes doors have fences so maybe you start in different houses and then you work your way and maybe you go to an, one house and they know somebody in that house that you want to reach and they will introduce you and that's a different way to knock on that door but you got to put on the steps put on the reps and put on the work i think that is the the only thing that there's so much in social media that just shows us the last result like the the thing finished that we unconsciously fall prey of this assumption that things should just happen and happen quick when in reality is just work it's just putting the reps i think yeah i think you know i i have a, a a book in which i write i try to write every night just a quote something that i was thinking about and the other day i wrote life is work and work is good. We have this assumption that work is bad, that it's this terrible thing that is gruesome. Yeah, yeah, but work is good. Think about it. When you do something and you accomplish it, how do you feel? Like, it's fantastic. You know, we, we when we figure out that we're able to accomplish more than we thought it was possible, it boosts our energy. It boosts our uh perceived image of ourselves our self-esteem some will say and then not only that but we can also help more people and have a better impact with our families with our friends because we're just improving ourselves so work is just the act of getting better and the act of getting better makes us better so i don't see any reason to see work as a bad thing unless it's something that is being imposed to you and they're taking advantage that's a different thing i think that's another word there but work life is work and work is good and i think we should embrace it i don't know what else i I think it's good to embrace it i'm trying to correct myself as (laughs) i go because should should 
it's a word that we still use and shouldn't be. No, ah, it's all can't. good. It's all good. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think there's anything else I can add to this conversation without us talking for another hour. Because I think that there's so much good stuff uh, that we were able to cover here. And I think, you know, people that are willing to put in that effort and that work, um, despite their level of talent, because I think sometimes people are naturally talented and, so, and they don't they don't push themselves as hard as somebody who's maybe mediocre, middle of the ground, and then they work extremely hard and they chase after doors and opportunities. And so, they, other than other than those things, you know, if you put in that work, you will see results eventually. It's not a it's not an instant thing. It's not something that happens overnight. Um, I, Alejo, I'm so thankful that you were able to hear today. You added so much value in terms of mindset, in terms of approach, in terms of learning and learning styles. Um, what you're doing, I think, with the work that you're doing is more than just helping people understand the conference seminars that they attend. I think that you're providing a lot of value to young creatives. And uh, I, I really hope that people go and check out all of the you know links that we'll put inside of the description so they can see some of what exactly you're talking about. Um, but is there anything that you know people can find you online? Let us know where where can they find you online? What what do you maybe have something to promote that you're doing? Yeah, sure thing. So I am everywhere, I guess. Uh, but I'm basically in two platforms on Instagram. I said that Instagram is my neighborhood and LinkedIn is downtown where I do business. So if you're into business, then find me on LinkedIn, Alejo Porras, A-L-E-J-O-P-O-R-R-A-S. And then Instagram is Alejo Porras Art at the end. And that's also my website, alejoporrasart.com. I do want to say one thing before we jump off because I don't want to leave this out of the conversation. I think many things that we have talked about of like purpose and passion and then we talked about access are things that are somehow manageable, you know, like you can find your passion, you can find your drive and some people can find ways for having better access. There's some people who are trapped and I don't want to I don't want to leave the conversation pretending that there's some people who are actually you know that this is like everybody like if if this is you and you're hearing this and you definitely feel trapped you know in a situation being the the environment that you live in the the, the I don't know the neighborhood or the family the, the nucleus that you live in or even there's something chemically happening in you some imbalance that is provoking depression or some sort of uh, ADHD or some things that are, are not enabling you to reach out what you want to do I just I just want to tell you that I I hear you and I just want to tell you that you're not alone and the thing that I believe it would be beneficial is if you find help just trying to find help do it for yourself and don't do it for anybody else because, again, what we talked is like you cannot give if you don't have anything in you. And if you're finding very, very hard, I don't know a specific situation, so I don't know where to lead you to help. But I believe that you need to do that just small favor to yourself and just find external help so that you're not alone and carrying all that burden by yourself. Because sometimes all it needs is just somebody there close to you that can help you navigate through it and then you can see new horizons you can see above the clouds but i didn't want to leave the conversation pretending that everybody like some people have it really tough and i want to acknowledge them and i want to let you know that it can get better and that i'm rooting for you so that's that amazing um again i'm not going to add too much on that you said it so beautifully uh, you know, art is something that is very different and unique, and it can help a lot of people uh, express themselves and learn about themselves and grow. And uh, I hope people search out any help that they're looking for uh, so they can become better and that they can feel, like you said, better for themselves. Okay, guys, this has been the More Life Podcast. Please go check out the links below. We'll put all of Alejo's uh, uh, social media handles and where you can find him, his website. Um, really, really powerful talk. I hope this has been helpful for you guys. I've really thoroughly enjoyed it. All right. Peace out. Thanks, Bart. It's Bye. been a pleasure. Bye.